Welcome back. You are tuned in to The Prayer Project, where the goal is to show people Jesus through Bible teaching and gospel preaching. My name is Daniel, and man, I'm excited. Excited to be back on the mic with bringing you today episode 6 of The Prayer Project. And I'm excited to get into today's topic of what I want to kind of share with you guys. So today, I want to talk Jesus and mental health, which is the title of this episode. And the Lord has put this on my heart for a while. It's been a few months, but I've been taking time to understand mental health and how what the Bible talks about it and how I can apply it to my life. And I think I've mentioned in previous episodes that, <coughs> excuse me, over this past summer, I kind of went through my own little like mental health recovery, I guess you could say, and really just taking care of my, my thoughts and my mind and filling it with Jesus and just his promises and his love. And it's been such a huge blessing. And I've Looking back on my life, I was like, man, I was dealing with like depression, anxiety, all these different things. So I really want to share this because the Lord's put it in my heart and I want people to know and be aware that the Bible does talk about these things. It's not something that the that the culture has just decided to bring in because of COVID or whatever it may be. This is a prominent topic in the Bible. It's just not titled you know, depression or mental health or anxiety or whatever it may be, but it is talked about. And there's a verse I want to lean into that for me, my freshman year of college was really, I wish I had read this verse and I wish I was in a clear mindset to a clear state of mind to really dive into this verse. That verse is uh, Proverbs twelve twenty five, and it reads, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word, good word makes him glad. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. I know we've all felt anxiety. We've all had those seasons of depression or a constant state of being in depression or being depressed. And there's a lot of things that are factors that play a role into adding to this. You see, for me personally, I'll get a little bit vulnerable here. Me personally, it was my lack of well, there was a lot of things going on, but the biggest things were my lack of effort. My, I wasn't in, I wasn't where I should be, quote unquote. Because I saw a lot of my friends, they were getting jobs, they were doing good in school, they were part of these events, they were joining clubs, they were partaking in all these things that I was just. Oh, that's Daniel. Oh, he's yeah, it's my roommate. No, I didn't have these titles. I didn't have these responsibilities like they did but I was so in the background and that took a toll on me because I was comparing my walk and my path to my friends to the people that were close to me because I was like oh I'm not them oh I'm never gonna have the same opportunity as them I'm not gonna have what they have but when I was in that, I started doing things that I regret. I started doing things to boost up my self-confidence, but in reality, it just ended up being worse. I ended up destroying myself more. I pursued things that didn't matter at all. I mean, in a sense, yes, they do matter, but I idolized them over God. Instead of seeking God, I sought a relationship. Instead of seeking God, I sought, you know, I started going to the gym. Oh, I'd be the strongest guy I can. You know, I pursued all these things. 
none of it fulfilled me. None of it satisfied me. The only thing that can satisfy, that fully satisfies someone, everyone, is Jesus. And now I know talking about mental health is a bit of a diverse, not diverse, abstract concept because it's hard to put into words. Like when I was in college, it was hard to describe to people what I was feeling, why I was feeling this. I was like, I don't know. I'm just sad. Like, I don't know why what causes me to be sad or why I'm thinking this way. I just am. I don't know where they came from. It's just how it was, you know, but a lot of it stems from a lack of faith. Really, for me, it was. It was a lack of trust in God. I was overthinking about my future. I was talking to myself poorly, talking about myself to myself poorly. I was always sad. And that's because I wasn't in my word. I would read it. I would memorize it so I could spit it back out to my friends who knew the Bible and believed it just so I could fit in because I felt bad. I felt bad about myself. Like, oh, I'm not as good of a, a Christian as they are. So I have to know this to make it seem like it. But they didn't know it because just to know it. They knew it because it was their life. Because it was their faith. You see, me, I was holding on to other things, trying to stay afloat. When in reality, I should have clinged to the word of God to revive me instead of trying to survive. That's why I messed up. I sought joy in the world instead of the joy of the Lord. I sought peace in the world when I ignored the Prince of Peace. I ignored the God of comfort and sought the comfort of temporary things. And looking looking back, it kind of annoys me about how much I neglected God and how much he was there for me, but I ignored him. I just, no, I got this, God. No, I can do, I need to do this. I, this is my problem. This is, no. He's my father and he wants to help me. But I pushed him away and kept asking, why has nobody helped me? Why is nobody helping me? Why is nobody there for me? When God was there for me, I was like, no, God, no one's there for me. I kept pushing him away and saying, no one's there for me. Because I was so lost in my own, in my own ways, in my own sin. But after God removing all those distractions and things I didn't need in my life, he had just me. It was just me and him together for a about six months, I came home from college. I was going out of state. I came home. I just let everything out. I finally was able to process everything. You know, I started to. I was like, okay, um, I'm starting to get through this. And then he dropped another thing on me. He took away the last distraction. I was like, Lord, no. I just started going. He goes, and I remember sitting in my room one day. Sometime in July, I think. And he goes, I need you. See, I, I tried to build myself into this person that God could, oh, look at Daniel. He's, he's so, he's, he has his faith. He serves here. He serves there. He's helping these people. Oh, he's in college going, uh, going for a degree in this. He's knows these people. He's prayed for that. No. He doesn't want my works. He wants my heart. 
My heart is more important to him. My spiritual well-being is more important to him than anything I could ever do to glorify him because he doesn't need me. He doesn't need me to further his kingdom. He can do it on his own. He can do it other people. But he chose me and he wants me. So he focused on me. He said, no, I need, I want, I don't need, <laughs> I want you. And he says the same thing to you. I know you may be talking bad about yourself. You may be depressed or thinking about the future. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm freaking out. I have these things to do, but I don't have enough money. Or I'm not, I'm not in the place. I don't have, I'm not a relationship. I'm, I'm not good looking, whatever. But I, those are just lies that need to stop. They might not may not be lies that you you yourself are telling that you're telling yourself but the lies of the enemy because because sometimes Satan has more faith in our potential than we do sometimes he sees us as like, oh I know God could use them for his kingdom to destroy me so I'm going to do everything I can to destroy them to have them destroy themselves because he's scared that's why he tells you these lies. That's why he, put, he puts people in your life like, oh, I, I love them when he removes them. It's like, God, why? He's like, <laughs> you're blaming God, good. He wants you to make God the enemy when he's not. You see, God doesn't cause bad things to happen. He sometimes allows them to happen so that you can redirect your focus on him. So that he can use them for good to say, no. See, the Satan wanted to use this, but I wanted to use this for this. I'm going to turn into something good and make you stronger and mold you into the person you were created to be. Yes, it sucks, but it's it's quite beautiful, the refinement process. You see, there's many people who, in the Bible, went through seasons of depression. Moses did. David did. Elijah, Jonah, they all doubted God. They all were praying, Lord, where are you? Lord, why aren't you here? God, why? Oh, I'm going through all this, Lord. How come you're not helping me? But then, most commonly, I find that there's a moment where they finally stop talking and just sit in silence. Oftentimes we talk so much that we drown out the voice of God because we're too busy trying to work everything out in our head and get it out and trying to fix everything on our own. How can we fix everything on our own if we don't know what's going on? That's how it was for me. I tried to fix myself. Why do you know who I was? So I looked to other people to try to fix me, but I couldn't explain to them what was going on because I couldn't. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was at mentally. So trying to explain to someone where I was mentally was impossible. So I've pushed people away. I hurt people because of my confusion, because of my, because of how lost I was. And that hurts. It hurts me that I now, it hurts me now that the old version of me Caused people so much pain. And I've reconciliated. 
you know, I've had conversations with some of the people, but some of them I won't get another, I guess, second chance. And my heart breaks because that wasn't me. That was Hussein said I was, what he called me. He called me by my sin. So I called myself by my sin. But God doesn't. God calls you by your name. He calls you loved, forgiven. He calls you child because you are his child and he loves you so much. And his love is one of the greatest things we could ever accept, yet we neglect it so much because we as humans are so focused on ourselves, we're so prideful thinking I can do it on my own. Oh, I can, I can get myself out of this. But in reality, can't. And that's just a little bit, but the premise of this episode is to really, okay, what do I do with this depression? What do I do with this anxiety or whatever it may be? Well, the thing that, <coughs> excuse me, the one of the things that helped me a lot was having conversation with people who are like-minded or who have a who have been delivered from whatever struggle that may be people who have gone through what you've gone or you're going through and have come out the other side but even more so if they believe in the lord if they have a stronger faith in you because they give you godly wisdom godly counsel and that is what you do Oy. That is a beautiful thing at my notebook. And having someone not just talk at you, but talk with you and listen is so helpful. And another thing that may prove to be more difficult, but is somewhat essential to the journey of mental health recovery and going closer to the Lord. It's really identifying the causes and what what are the triggers? Like, what do you see? What do you hear that just brings back those memories and those thoughts come up? Like, really identifying those and saying, okay, how can I remove these things from my life? Like, it took me a while, but I had to throw a lot of stuff away. I had to remove a lot of accounts on Instagram. I had to unfollow a lot of people. I had to block some people. I had to, you know, really clean up my life. Like, no, that was a distraction for me then. I'm a new creation now in Christ, so I had to remove that. I'm not going to hold, like that analogy, you don't hold a hot coals to see how long you can hold them. It's like, what's the point? You're going to get burned anyway. You know? I don't play with fire. You're going to get burned. So just get rid of it. You don't need it. It's not beneficial to you. You've been delivered from that, or whatever it may be. You're trying to get deli- trying to be delivered from that. You don't need it in your life. Don't tempt yourself. Don't give yourself that window of, oh, but it's just a, no, it's just a little bit. Oh, it's just one video. Oh, I, I'll see the number just in case. Delete that number. Block that, block that person. It's for you. Because once you remove all of these distractions and just focus on God, you find that joy. You find that God-given joy. Not just happiness, because happiness is what's, is based on what's happening currently. Joy is something that lasts forever. 
but and it's God's joy, so it's so much more beautiful. And you get that peace, the peace of God, where you just you can just sit in silence with yourself and with before the Lord, and just Lord, I'm yours. I don't need anything. God, my thoughts are yours. You could just lay things at His feet, and it's just so. It's so beautiful. Now I talk all this from a point of, you know, being on the other side of all of this. But I will say, when you're in the midst of it, it's one of the hardest things to do. To overcome a bad mental health, overcome depression, anxiety, bad self-talk. And for me, at one point, it was suicidal thoughts. It's so difficult. And this is why I'm making this episode. This is why the prayer project exists. Because of these things that I've gone through, that I would hear that people were like, oh, how come they just pray about it? How come, you know? And But it didn't make sense until I went through all of these things. It was like, no, people need to know that Jesus loves them no matter what they think of themselves, no matter what they are going through. Jesus still loves you. Despite what other people say, despite what other people think of you, for following Jesus, he still loves you because their opinion doesn't matter. When I finally learned that, that I'm on my own path and I have to run my race and not other people's races, my life became that much more easier. It became more doable. There was a weight lifted off my shoulders. I don't have to be concerned with other people because I'm not trying to please other people. I'm trying to please God. As it says in Galatians, I think it's Galatians 1. I think it's pretty sure it's or is it Ephesians. Somewhere in one of those one of the epistles, Paul's writing said, If I were to if I were trying to please man, I wouldn't be following Christ. That's not my goal. That's not our goal as Christians. We're not trying to please people. We're not trying to cater to people like in a way that makes them feel good. No, we're trying to please God and we speak truth. The truth hurts, but the truth will set you free. And that's the thing about going through a revival process. In order to experience the joy of the Lord, you also have to experience His suffering. As much as it sucks to suffer, it's one of the most beautiful processes that I've ever gone through. One of the most beautiful journeys I've ever gone through. And I'm still, it's not, oh my gosh, keep it in my notebook. It's not that I, oh, six months, whatever, okay, now I'm done. It's every day I maintain and do a little bit more healing and run to God every single day. Because every day I run away from Him, whether it be intentionally or unintentionally. I always find myself not in my word, not listening to worship music, not praying for people I said I'd pray for, not doing the things I should be doing or need to be doing. Instead, I'm wasting my time elsewhere. I'm distracted with things. I'm I'm so caught up thinking about things and not acting on them. So I want to give some... I'll say tips about this. Now I said no talk to someone. 
identify the causes, and then read some scripture. I didn't know how much it would help, but I mean, when I was in college, I was reading my Bible, but it was different. It was more to survive, not to grow. I was just, I just needed something to get me going through the day because I was so close to ending it all every single day. I was so close to doing something I regret. I mean, I did things I regret, but something that wouldn't allow me to be here right now. So the next is read scripture. And there's a certain chapters I want I want you to read. If you find yourself in these in this pit of depression or exact whatever it is, this mental health struggle. Read Psalms forty two to forty three. And I want you to ask yourself and kinda of write down and work through how is the psalmist addressing God? Like, how does he refer to God? How is he talking? How does he come before him? Like, how is he, you know, how is he dealing with this? And what does he preach to himself? What is he telling himself through these, in these Psalms? And that alone, the fact that he preaches to himself is something that I find myself doing now that I'm, I would say delivered from most of it, or delivered from all of it, but that I'm trying to make myself more like the Lord and just pursue Him. I find myself preaching. Like, sometimes when I'm recording the podcast episodes, I'm like, yeah, you know, the Lord put this on my heart. I got to study, whatever. But then once I get to talking and, like, reverencing the verses or whatever, it's more for me than it is for other people. When the Lord, is, that's just how the Lord works. I'll be talking about something for some, intended for someone else. But in reality, God's like, no, I'm teaching you. I'm teaching, you're teaching yourself. I'm, I'm telling you through you. And that's so cool. That's what the psalmist does. He says, what does he preach to himself? So I won't. Uh, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I want you to go through that. Read it. Take some notes. Study it. Pray through it. Pray on it. And other things to act on the truth. I was like, what does that mean? Well, I have a little description here. It reads, those who seek help first must accept the challenge of faithful obedience. Even though they do not feel like it and are skeptical that anything will make a difference, it's important to have faith. The progress out of the pit is step by step, bit by bit. Small, practical, consistent faith-based change occurs in the details. This is the meat of it. I know what you, I know you probably feel a certain way this isn't going to help me because I'm. it doesn't change how I feel. It doesn't change what I think about. But consistency, consistency, consistency. Being consistent in reading your word and praying and worshiping the Lord will change. So despite how small they may be or how practical they seem, these things change your mindset, your life, the way you, it, it changes everything. Being consistent, okay, I'm going to read. Whether it doesn't have to be, I'm going to read all of Genesis 1 through the 50, whatever. Just read a few verses. I'm going to read five verses of whatever. I'm going to read five verses, listen, listen to a worship song before. or What like the, what I do for my Bible studies, that helps me. Listen to like three worship songs. Get into a time of prayer. That ranges time, whatever. And then I do a chapter. 
I'm like, okay, Lord, that was, if I'm feeling it, I try not to go based off my feeling because our faith isn't based off feeling, it's based off truth. But depending on like if I have homework or whatever, I'll do another chapter. And just, you know, wherever the Lord leads me through those chapters, I'm like, oh, that was good. Kind of read back through my notes and just say a prayer at the end, Lord. You know, pray for the whatever he spoke to me through that passage, whatever. And that's it. Nothing crazy. You don't have to, you're not prepping for a servant. You're not speaking at the Harvest Crusade or Passion event, you know. It's just, you're just talking to God, spending time with him, learning from him. And as simple as it sounds, that's as simple as it is, as it is. Also be patient with yourself, with the Lord, with people. It's hard, like I said before, it's hard to explain what you're feeling and what you're going through. But be patient with the process. Be patient with people, be especially with the Lord. Because the Lord's timing is perfect and us humans, we are impatient people. Be patient. Sometimes God's silence is the answer. You may be thinking, oh, why he's he hasn't said anything. God left me. Why isn't God here? He has I've been praying. I don't hear him anywhere. Maybe he's telling you to be silent. Maybe he's waiting for you to shut up so he can talk. Because you're so f focused on trying to get everything out and just trying to tell the world or tell people, hey, I'm going through this, any help, any help, but maybe you need to calm down. Sit still. Meditate on the Lord's word. Because the Bible is his word, it's God's word. Like, why isn't God speaking? Why do I not hear him? I've been praying. I've been listening to worship music. I go to worship night. I go to church with my friends. But have you set time for to have a conversation with him? You can talk to people in public, but can you have a deep conversation with people? Sometimes those conversations, those the most fruitful conversations come from one-on-one -on -one convos, right? Maybe you open up God's word and let him talk to you. Instead of talking over him. Not letting him speak. This process, this journey. Isn't supposed to be easy. You're, let, you're allowing God to rid you of everything that you've. Of all the lies you've accepted. All of the sin you've indulged in. And just everything that doesn't glorify God. It took me a while to f to forgive myself. But God is so beautiful. Now I always think of the, the parable, the prodigal son. He ran to his son with open arms. Get him a robe, the finest meats. They had a feast of their best stuff. And it was just like, my son is home. And he didn't acknowledge what he did. He knew like he was out messing around, whatever. He didn't say, why were you doing this? Why were you, you left us? How come you said that to me? Whatever. He was like, welcome home, my son. Welcome home. Welcome home. And they celebrated. 
That's the same thing that God does. He's it's a parable. It's a story, analogy for us, for us as children. Jesus has his arms wide open, running to us, saying, welcome home, my child. Even though we neglected him, we deserted him, we walked away, he still has his arms wide open, running to us. Welcome home, my child. Welcome home. So I pray that as you go through this or begin this journey, you pray diligently. You stay in prayer. You pray without ceasing. Pray with no end. The Lord gives you the strength, strength, the wisdom, guidance, and the peace and joy. That you, I pray that you would allow Him in your life and allow Him to do a work and not you try to do a work yourself. You would just let Jesus overflow you with his love, with his grace, with his mercy, with all that he is. And you would be delivered from all this and freed from those bondages, those chains of sin that have distracted you from so long. So I want to thank you for listening. And going on with the topic of Jesus and mental health, hopefully soon, I'm hoping in the next few months, this is the first announcement of it. The Prayer Project website should be up in a few months. Still working out, working on some stuff. It's gonna be, though. I'm gonna be, we're gonna be putting devotionals on there. I hit up some few of my friends to help me write those. There's gonna be more in-depth study or not study. It's like you know those U version devotionals, kind of like that, but with a little Prayer Project on it. There's gonna be one on Jesus and mental health that I've been writing and really praying through and just working on. So. That's going to be up hopefully in a few months. I'll keep you guys updated on it. But again, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And as I said, keep praying. Stay diligent. God loves you. I love you. And God bless.